It's a gospel on the radio talk show. A show about dreams and visions and a church that is indeed triumphant, alive, and well. For the church triumphant is alive and well. Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host, and as I say, this is a show about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. We talk about the church and all the glorious things that Jesus Christ is about. This is show number 1075 today. I have a few rules. We don't talk sports, politics, or doctrine, but we do always speak well of one another, and that seems to have worked out real, real well. And I do want to give you an invitation that if you're involved in Christian ministry, why don't you call me and let me get you on the show. We'll talk about passion. That's what drives this show is passion. People are passionate about the kingdom of God, and we'd like to hear all about it. I have some very special guests in the studio with me. This is uh, Tom and Sue Wages. Now, Tom and Sue uh, are involved in church ministry. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. But they've been married for a while. How long have y'all been married? <laughs> That's your turn, Sue. <laughs> 52. 52 years. Now, radio audience, I want to hear a big applause out there. You should, you should all be applauding because that's a wonderful thing. And I wanted to make sure that the radio audience knew that. Because I just, I, I applaud you. And uh, I talk about this a lot of times at church because they do attend the Open, uh, open Bible, which is now Freedom Road. And uh, I tell the folks, I said, this is a good example for all of us. That you all have, uh, you, you got married, you fell in love, you've raised a family, you've lived together and done all those wonderful things. And uh, Tammy and I, we're, I think we're about eight years behind you. But uh, I know a lot of times when we go places, especially at restaurants and stuff like that, a waitress will say, how long have y'all been married? And they're always in awe. <laughs> mm -hmm. You can stay married to somebody that long? <laughs> well, if you work at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So who's going to tell the story? How did you all meet? I don't remember what I was doing, but I can't. I went over, I lived, I went over to see my neighbor. It's a, a girl that lived beside me when I was in high school. And I just wanted, I don't know what I was doing. I don't even remember why I went, but Sue was there visiting and they were out on the porch and we talked to her a little bit while Linda went in and got something uh, for me. And, and, uh, and after I left, uh, I don't know. So she, now you were, you were in high school. In high school, yeah. And both of you were. Mm -hmm. So yes. you all met when you were in high school. What, what year would that have been? Uh, Junior, senior, summer, right summer before. before senior, right before your senior year. Yeah. Right. Okay, so did you see him, Miss Sue? Yeah. Was, was, it, was there something that you said? Hey. Well, not right off. Uh, at that time, I was close to five foot eight, and I was very slender, and I thought of myself as being ungangly. Ungangly. Ungangly, and and. I was self-conscious. Uh -huh. And so if I was with a guy that was shorter than me, it would make it stand out more. Okay. That me being tall and skinny. Right. So where I was at on the porch was way up high, like at least six foot off the sidewalk. Okay. And so when I'm looking down at him, he looked shorter than me. Uh-huh. So, ah. so I wasn't real excited. So you didn't first pass time. the official muster. <laughs> not, not, the very, no. not the very first minute. Okay. Then when he went back to his house... 
I asked Linda how tall he was, and she said he's six foot tall. I go, oh, what was his name again? <laughs> and the rest is his. So if he, if he had been short, that would have been it. Yeah. Okay. So you said, okay, how tall is he? Six foot. So well, we're going to check this out a little further. Mm-hmm. So what happened after that? When did you see each other again? I don't remember. I, I talked to Linda and, and, you know, pretty much got her phone number, called her up and went on a date. I don't remember exactly what we did. So he was interested. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's interested. Yeah, she's real pretty. Yeah. <laughs> so when, when he shows up at my house and I look out and there's that 57 Chevy going, <gasps> and I had just gotten a perm. <laughs> my hair was real curly uh-huh. and I stunk. <laughs> Smelled like perm solution, <laughs> so I was so self conscious, and then I was starving, so I had a peanut butter sandwich, but there was no jelly, so I was like trying to get that down real fast. And there he is outside. So now, now, was this for the date? No, he was no. just coming by. He just, he just this is this this is the second time, right? Mm, I think so. Right. This is this is not the time that you saw him out when you were up on the porch. This is right. the second time. This is a different time. So second yeah. time he's come by the house just to see you. Yeah, again. and okay. that was a big deal for a guy to come to my house, uh-huh. especially now, now, with his own car. A 1957 Chevy, no less. Mm-hmm. Now, this was what 1967. You, okay, so this that's when the year mm-hmm. it's 1967. So we're talking about mm-hmm. a 10 year old car, mm-hmm. but it's a 57 Chevy. Oh, was yeah. it two door or what? Two door. Two door. Two door. What color was it? Blue. Blue. <laughs> now, for a car lovers like myself, or you know, love the old car, like a '57 Chevy, that's like the classic of classics, right there. Yes. Yeah. And so, so tell me, was it a convertible? No, not a no. convertible. Okay. No, it was a six cylinder on the column too. It wasn't a oh, V8. three on a three. But but it was uh, okay. It was still an e car. So now, when he came by that day, did we go for a ride? No, no, we no. went down in the basement and played pool. Okay, all right. Because I'm thinking you said you had your hair curled. Yeah. And, of course, those cars, at that time, there was no air conditioning, I'm sure. Right. So you'd had to have the windows down. Right. And that would have caused your hair to have yeah. gotten messed up. Yeah. Could, could have well, that. Well, he didn't take me for a ride that day. Okay. He just came to the house and visited. Okay, so at what, how far did this transgress? I mean, how, how long before you got serious, decided to get married, and that sort of thing? Well, we, we dated... You know, most of the senior year, and then we broke up for a while, and then uh, later on we got back together. And ah, they broke up so for a it was while. About a year and a half. Right? <laughs> well, we decided to date around. Uh-huh. We were still number one with each other, right. but we thought we better date around because you're young. Now, <laughs> yeah, you were young, yeah. and, and you want to make sure this is this is right. Exactly. So, uh, at what point? How many years were you out of high school when you got married? A year and a half. And you were how old at that time? 18? 19. 19. So both of you were 19 years of age, 1967, right? We got married in 69. 69. Mm-hmm. And you've been married all these years. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then you got married. Now, the, the radio audience, stay with me here because we, we got stories coming here. Uh, just so you kind of know how I know these folks. Uh, we were needing somebody to help us with music in our church and through Brother Terrell Todd who pastors Evangel Assembly uh, that's how we got to know each other and they've come and they've been helping us in our church now for a while and we've got to know them and have enjoyed them so Miss Sue is a musician she plays the guitar she sings she leads and uh, Tom is a, a Brother Terrell told me this that he has the ministry of helps he loves to just be a blessing wherever he can. But Tom also loves motorcycles, and Sue does too. 
And so you are a part of a ministry called the Christian Motorcyclist Association. Okay, and we'll get to that. We'll get back to that later. So I've just got to get everything set up. But after you got married in 1969, then you went into military, right? And how long was that? Four years. So you were in for four, but how long was it after you got married? Uh, well, I was in. I was actually in the service about eight months when we okay. got married. Okay, so you married him. He was a sailor. You're right. When you met him. Were there any when questions? Him, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, was that a big decision to make with him being in the military? No. no. I just wanted to be with him. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was in uh, nursing school in Columbus, Ohio. Okay. And uh, when he said that he could get a duty station in Key West, Florida, I checked to see if there was nursing school there, and there was. Okay, now, let, let me junior go, college. Let me go back just a little bit further here. So you all were dating. Mm-hmm. And he decides to go in the Navy. Mm-hmm. What did you think about that at that time? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I didn't, I didn't really decide to go in the Navy. They did They did the lottery, and my number was like 34. Okay. I went right down. <laughs> in other words, you didn't want to be in the Army. I didn't, yeah, exactly. I understand I that perfectly. Be, yeah, that's why I went yeah. in, because I didn't want to be drafted. Okay. But, but you knew this. Mm-hmm. Going into the marriage, you knew that he was going to be in the military and you mm-hmm. were going to be a military wife. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, uh, as you know, I was also in the Navy, mm-hmm. but my wife never knew me. So she never experienced the whole uh, married to a sailor, soldier, Air Force, that sort of thing. Now, she did. Her stepfather was Navy. So she would had that experience. And by because of that, had I been in the Navy when she met me, we would have never gotten anywhere <laughs> because she didn't want to be anything to do with the military. But you knew this was coming. You agreed to marry him anyway. Mm-hmm. But you never really gave a thought about what it's going to be like to be married to a man who might be deployed and be gone for a year. I just wanted to marry him. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is so cool. So, okay. So you got married. He was already in the Navy. Where were you stationed at, at Key that West. time? You were in Key West. You were in Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Did you finish the nursing school? Not there. Nothing. So you finished when you went to Key West. Right. So now you're packing up your things. We're heading off to Florida. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you you got the, the whole part about being married to a person in the military mm-hmm. how was that it was all right he he didn't have to do uh six months sea duty okay so so, so you were stationed on the, on the base y'all live on the base what? no on an apartment you, you you found an apartment mm-hmm. and so you're pretty much just a normal life in it i mean yes because i mean if you're not off on a ship someplace right you're coming home most nights if you didn't exactly. have duty and and so, did you feel it was really different at all? No, we didn't have any money. <laughs> we, we were just happy to be together. We okay. really didn't have any money. Now, I'm thinking about this, Brother Tom, because you, I understand what you're saying. Because when I went in boot camp, this I, I went in in 1971. So you you were you went in what 69? 69. So you've been in two years before I. My pay when I was in boot camp was thirty five dollars. A week, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> now, did did 
Did you get a little bit more because you were married? I, I got a little housing thing because I wasn't on days. Okay. But it didn't, you know, it was it was tight. <laughs> well, I remember um, when I got out of boot camp, the administration at that time decided to give the military a raise. And my pay went from $35 to $70. Oh, wow. And I thought I was rich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I, see, I wasn't married. And I'm living on the ship. And, of course, you know, when you live on a ship, you're, you're, everything's paid for. <laughs> your right. medical's paid for. Your food's paid for. And and you don't really have a whole lot to spend it on. And me, I don't, I don't drink and smoke and all that sort of thing. So $70 is a lot of money to me in 1971. Right. <laughs> but for somebody who's married... You're renting an apartment. Yeah, I can see how they get tight. So what did you do? Did you do something to supplement? Did did you go back? Oh, you went back to school, right? Right. When I first got there, I got there in January of 70, and I enrolled at the junior college, and I took a couple classes. And then I didn't get into the nursing program until that fall. So in the meantime, I thought I would do some um, jobs that didn't involve nursing just to see what it was like. Okay. So I worked at McDonald's. Okay. And that was when we had this pad of paper with the items on it. And like fish sandwiches were 35 cents or 45 cents. And so I would write down three and then, okay, three times 45, this number oh, really? to the side. So we added it all up in our head. <laughs> And that's how we took the orders. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, you go to a McDonald's now, and I've had this happen before. <laughs> and they say, okay, it is uh, 70, so let's say 73 cents. Well, I don't like having a pocket full of pennies, so I'll give them three pennies, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a dollar and three pennies so that right. they give me back a, a nickel. Oh, I'll tell you what, that just that just blows their mind. <laughs> and I, and, and they'll just, I feel just look at me and go, and they'll just hand it back to me because they have no clue because now everything is push a button. But it wasn't that way in your day. Right. Okay, so you, you worked at brains. <laughs> you worked at McDonald's, so you finally did finish your nursing. Right. I worked as a motel maid for okay. a month. Okay. And that was interesting. And oh, they put an ad in the paper for live models. There was okay. a men's clothing store in downtown Duval Street, uh, that they were gonna open women's clothing department. And they wanted to let people know about it. So they had like a moped in the front window and tennis rackets and sporting things. And me and another girl were the live models. Okay. And we were in the picture window. Okay. And that was fun. That was just for one Do you have one pictures evening. still? No. No pictures. <laughs> but we'd stand there real still. <laughs> people would walk by and they'd look at us. And after a while, like, ah, oh, they're real. <laughs> so you were a window mannequin. Uh, but but yes. real. Yes. Oh, I've heard, about, I've heard about this before. <laughs> How'd she look, Tom? Did you? Did oh, she looked good. I mean, it was uh, it was different. I mean, <laughs> I didn't get to see her that much. Uh, I mean, I went by there once or twice when she was working. So, how long did you stand there to do this? Oh uh, no, a few hours, I guess. So you just we had stand- something to lean on. So, uh, so, like so when you came and did the activity for me, you, you were you were well versed at <laughs> <in> it. <laughs> yeah. So you just stood there, and and then were you allowed to move at all? 
Yeah, you, once in a while. And they're like, if somebody's looking at us and they didn't, they weren't getting that, hey, they're real, we might move a little bit. Uh, now, now, what was their purpose for that? Just to let people know that they had women's clothing. Because <laughs> they were a men's only yeah, clothing. I, I, I've heard of that before, but I've never seen it before. <laughs> I think it's pretty cool. I think I, they would go well on a resume, I think. I was a, I was a live <laughs> model. A, so, so you did all of that to work your way through. Well, yeah, well, once I started back to school, I didn't work. Okay. So, so I you started just, in the fall of 70. I didn't work. And so now, was there any type of scholarships or anything, or was this coming out of the Navy pay? Navy pay. I think I did get a couple student loans for like $200. Okay, okay. Something like that. Okay. And then our daughter was born on summer break in 1971. Okay. So that's what I did during summer break. I see. Now, <laughs> so she was eleven months old when I graduated. And he and she, she was born with her with her father in the in the navy. Right. So, so she, she had that experience as such. Mm-hmm. Now, so you you finished your your nursing degree eventually. Mm-hmm. Now, how far did you did you become a RN? Right. But I now, got an associate of science degree in nursing. Okay. And what all did you do in your career? I mean, were you, did you work for a family doctor, hospital? I uh, worked at the family planning clinic at the health department in Key West. Okay. And then uh, when he got out of the Navy and we moved back to Ohio for a short time and realized that it was too cold <laughs> after being in the subtropics right. for four years. So we decided to go back to Florida. We picked out Tallahassee on the map. I'd never been here before. Really? We just thought it'd be a good place to live since it was in Florida. I had my nursing license in Florida and and it was the capital. And so and we came here. So what year would that have been? Uh, 74. 75. Five, four. 19, April of 74. Okay, so you got here four, five years before Tammy died, <laughs> 1979. So now, so you worked at the hospital here? Right. Worked and, at uh, Tallahassee Memorial Hospital for 30 years. Oh, is that right? Okay. And retired in 2003. Now, was it was what they call a floor nurse? Is that a right term? Yeah, I did that for a while, and then I went to a recovery room, took care of people after surgery okay. for, for years. Oh, I and, that. and you developed quite a uh, heart for mercy mm-hmm. because that's a t- I mean, yeah. That's, that's I like to uh, help people wake up safely and give them sure. pain medicine. Well, it's a very important job because when people first wake up from a, they're a little mm-hmm. confused. I just, mm-hmm. I just had a little procedure, and I, I just know they, I was talking to this lady, and then next thing you know, they're so you can wake up now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so yeah, it's having a calm, soothing voice there to take care of you as such. Okay, so meantime, Brother Tom's in the Navy. Did you spend all your time there in Florida? Actually, I did. Um, I, you know, I, I was got. A, I was there for two years. I got that right out of A school, and I just picked it out as a as a dream place for somewhere in the states. And and it was really weird. I figured they'd send me overseas somewhere, but they didn't. Now, now you say you said you picked it out. Yeah, when you get out of A school, you fill out a dream sheet and you you pick. The, you know, you pick two places in the states you might like to go, and then they give you two places overseas really? that you might want to go. I don't remember that. They give you, there was an option. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you have 15 or 20 different things, and you uh-huh. pick the two you want. And one of them was Key West. And uh, I, always I thought put that, that in there. I said, I've never been on an island. It sounds like fun. I always thought that you put it where you don't want to go. 
so that you'll go there. <laughs> well, it worked for me. It worked for you. It sure did. So now, see, I don't remember that. It may have happened, but I don't remember them asking me where they were going to send well, me. Well, they, they didn't do that. It was You went in and filled out a sheet, and right. the sheet had that on there yeah. after A school. Yeah. Well, Alex, I, I may have uh, done that. I'm not sure. I, I, now, what was your A school? Uh, aviation electronics. Have you, had you had any experience with aircraft before that? No, 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 yeah, no electronics either. So, so, so basically, through all of those tests they give you in, right. while you're in boot camp, they determined that you would make a good. I, I, basically, you were an aircraft mechanic. Uh, no? Aviation electronics person. That's like radars, radio, oh, that kind of stuff. Okay, okay, and you did, and you, and you did the whole time in Key West. I did. So you served two years active. And then four years inactive. No, 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 four years. Well, three and a half, almost four years there. It, it's the story to it. When my two years were up, I got orders to go to uh, Norfolk, Virginia. And uh, so I, I flew up on one of the planes. They had, a, they had a crew going up there for something. I said, well, I want to go up there and see where I'm going. So I went up and talked to the new people up there I was going to be working with. I came back. They brought me back into personnel and... Uh, it was right when the Vietnam War was winding down, and they just—they were bringing every—they they shut up, shut the war down. They were bringing everybody back, so they took me into personnel and they said, "Look, we're bringing a whole bunch of people back right now. We don't really have anywhere, you know. Everything's too crowded. If you sign up for two more years, I only had like a year and eight months left at that time. They said, if you sign up for a full two years, we'll let you just stay here." Okay. And I said, okay, that sounds good to me. So basically, you had to add four months. Yeah. So in order to stay in Key West right. and just keep doing what you were doing. Mm-hmm. Right, just working there. Okay. So, so we were there for four years in Key West. Okay. But you you were never on a ship? No. No. Well, so, I, I was on, no, not really in the Navy. No. Okay. Not, not really. Uh, what was that, uh, the yellow jacket in boot camp? <laughs> Did y'all have one of those? Where, where, where'd oh, you go? Yeah, the blue jacket manual. The, no, 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 no. The, uh, where'd you go to boot camp? Uh, well, Great Lakes. Great Lakes. Okay, now I went to Orlando, and they had a, a fake ship there on the on it. I think they called it a something jacket or something, something another. But uh, so, you, so you didn't even experience that. So okay, so the, the aviation electronics. You were obviously attached to a squadron. I was VX one. Okay. okay, what kind of planes were you flying? P threes. P threes. Lockheed Electras. Okay, it's a big plane. Had a crew of like. 17 when it's flying. Yeah, that's big a big yeah. And I submarine warfare. Okay. So now, Miss Sue, all this time, did you hang out with other Navy wives and this sort of thing? No, we couldn't afford much. We didn't have a TV or anything. So we would get together with other Navy couples and play okay. cards. Okay. Euchre? No. No? <laughs> I don't know what we played, but when Euchre. Okay. <laughs> they were uh, pretty particular people we hung out with were southerners okay so that did you enjoy the, your, your experience as being a, oh, yeah. a, a, a navy wife yeah so, i enjoyed being in key west okay yeah yeah because but, I, I remember like so when i was in in when i was stationed on the lexington out of pensacola and of course i was not married at the time but i know that that some of the wives that i would meet they they were they they talked about it, it, was, it was a struggle and i guess a lot of it had to do with the finances because mm-hmm. the their, their husbands weren't making a lot and then of course with with us being on the ship we were a training carrier so we would be gone like two weeks at a time 
and then we might be in for a weekend and we're gone again. I guess that would have been different for you if, if Tom had been deployed. You might have had a totally different experience right. with, with the whole thing. And there's a lot of wise experience that where they go on these med cruises and they'd be gone for a year sometimes. And uh, so you, you actually made it out pretty good. I did. I, <laughs> I didn't think I could handle that very well. Uh-huh. So when he wanted to re-up, I was thinking, oh. Uh-huh. So I was the one that said, no, let's not, please. Oh, really? But so, he, he wanted to. So you were considering it. Oh, I would have. Yeah. Yeah, would you being have, married with the kid and all that, it was like, it just really wasn't really good. Yeah, so you would have made a career out of it, do you think? If I was single, I would have. Wow. So I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so he didn't want to ship over, so. <laughs> I just felt like if a guy's married, he needs to be there. Yeah, I think that's a, a lot of wisdom to that. So, you go back to Ohio after that? We did, uh, but we couldn't handle the cold. Yeah. So, we <laughs> headed to Florida. We actually went to uh Phoenix. A lot of people in Ohio, Michigan, Illinois, Indiana area, they like to go to Phoenix to retire because you don't get so sick out there because it's dry. Uh-huh. Um, so we packed up, went out to Phoenix, and we were there for about three hours and looked around. <laughs> three hours. Thought it was like everything's brown. If uh-huh. there's anything green, it's because man put it there and man watered it every day. <laughs> So that very night, we got the map of the United States out and said, okay, where are we going to go now? Ah. I mean, it was that quick. So I thought, well, I got my nursing license in Florida. If we go somewhere else, I have to wait around and get my another license, and it's going to be a long time before I can work. But if we go back to Florida, I start working sooner. Okay. So that's what was, that's it had a lot we, to do with the decision to go did, to yeah. Florida. And so how, how did you do that? You you spread the map out? Yes. And, and how, how did it happen? What did you do? <laughs> well, we, you know, really, it was just, you know, we already knew about Florida. We wouldn't have to change any licenses or anything. It could go right to work. So it was easier to do that than, right. than to try to go somewhere different. But but how did you choose Tallahassee? Did you, was well, your finger? <laughs> we grew up near the capital of Ohio. Okay. We were only 30 miles from Columbus. Okay. And we knew it was, there was interesting things to do in a capital. Okay. So we thought, well, if we moved to Tallahassee, it should be so, an interesting so this was, place this to this live. was a matter of reasoning. Mm-hmm. There wasn't right. well, we also had a friend that lived here that I that I worked okay. with in Key West for four or five years. So he had another reason on. to mm-hmm. choose Tallahassee. So we figured if we came here, at least I'd know somebody. See, I thought it was one of those deals where you you put the map on the wall and you take the dart <laughs> and you throw it. And no, <laughs> it wasn't quite like that. <laughs> there used to be a TV show where they they, they did that. Mm-hmm. They, they and they'd always have they'd always go to that city and they'd find some interesting thing. I think that mm-hmm. was sixty minutes. Was it? <laughs> the, guy, the guy that was doing that, I think, was on Okay, the- but it, it, was, it was fun to watch. Yeah, it was. I know they, uh, they chose uh, Brooksville, Kentucky was one of them that they chose. Now, Brooksville, Kentucky is about nine miles from where I grew up. Wow. And they said the thing that Brooksville, Kentucky had that was of interest was that they had a bowling alley that you had, they had to reset the pins. It wasn't an automatic mm-hmm. bowling alley, right. and it was still an operational. So every time I went over to Brooksville – I looked for this bowling alley and I never could find it. So finally I stopped at a convenience store. I said, where is this bowling? They said, it's not in Brooksville. It's in Augusta. They cheated. (laughs) (laughs) It was in Augusta, uh, Kentucky, which is about probably 12 miles. So I guess in the same vicinity, but it wasn't in Brooksville. Anyway, that's just a little footnote there. So uh, Sister Sue, you're a musician. How did that come about? 
When I was 13, I took guitar lessons, learned okay. how to play a few chords. Okay. And then um, I played off and on. And then as an adult, I played once in a great while. And then over the last 30 years, I would play like once a year. Okay. So about 10 years ago, I decided, well, if somebody can carry a tune, they can sing okay. They can sing good. Okay. So I decided I was going to start getting better at playing my guitar and starting to sing. Okay. And did you say 10 years ago? Yeah, about like that. Okay. Yeah. Now, let's bring something else into the discussion here. And we, did, we haven't talked about this. But uh, where did you all come to faith? When did this happen? Was this before you got married, after you got married? What, what happened? Okay. Well, I, I, uh, I grew up in Ohio, and I, I, when I was a young kid, um, our family didn't really go to church. And then my mother died when I was six years old, and my father remarried, and our stepmother, she did go to church. She, she started taking me when I was probably seven, eight years old. Okay. And uh, went to the Church of God for a while, and then, then going to the Church of Christ. And I met a really one of my best friends, lifelong friends there, Brent. And uh, we were good buddies at school and stuff, and probably fifth grade or sixth grade, something like that. And we've been friends ever since. But I went to church, and I went, you know, I was baptized. I went to camp, did all the stuff and all that. And then, uh, if you, re- you know, you really want to go through the whole thing, when I, when I, mm-hmm went off to go to the service and everything i kind of drifted away from church and all Mm -hmm. that and uh didn't really come back i don't know probably 20 20 years later you know before we started going to church okay and uh i i and and where i really came back to it was when i started hanging out with some of the other guys at the church uh there was a group that were playing basketball and sundays or, or monday i don't know when we were playing but one of the days of the week, we'd go over there and play in the afternoon for two to a couple hours. And I had a lot of fun with them. And okay. I just started realizing, you now, know. Now, at what point was that? Is that, is that when you were still in the military? No, 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 no. This is like 20 years later. 20 years later. Okay. Right. Okay. And, uh, and I started going to church again with Sue and, and my daughter. And, and, and uh, but anyhow, what, was, what, what brought me really back was I started realizing I, I was having a lot of fun with these guys, which I did a lot of hunting and fishing and all this other stuff with other people. And I start realizing, you know, you can have a lot of fun. You don't have to be out there rabble-rousing and doing all this drinking and all this other stuff, too. Okay. And so, I, you know, I, I, I slowly drifted back into going to church and really, really getting into it. And, and also just realizing what it had to offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a lot more. There's a lot more there. Um, just... I, I, I don't know how to explain it, but there's mm-hmm. a lot more in the faith than there is outside the faith. You're kind of on your own. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. You I know? do. Uh, I love I love being a part of a church because I just love the the fellowship. And, yeah. I exactly. mean, I love the Lord too. But, but, yeah, exactly. but I love the Lord. But now you mentioned that it says that then you started going to church with Sue. Mm-hmm. So, Miss Sue, had you come to faith, or what is your experience? Um, my parents didn't go to church. And my sister and I liked to go. We would walk in the summertime, go to church. We liked it, but never uh, made a profession of faith. No, this is before you met Tom and all. Oh yeah, I was a kid. Okay. Yeah, and I, I wasn't a true believer, but I liked going to church. And then um, 
in my senior year in high school, uh, one of our neighbors died suddenly, and he had befriended my best friend and her brothers who had a, a father that was not a good father, and he was like a father figure to them, and I was so happy for them, and then he all of a sudden dies. Mm -hmm. So I thought, what kind of God would let that happen, that they would lose this man who's been so good to them? So I decided that there must not be a God. So I was oh an atheist. Really? I became an atheist. At, at, at what age was this? 18. 18. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you met Tom, mm -hmm. you were outside of faith. Right. And I guess you said you had drifted off for a while. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so you, you met, but you weren't, neither one of you were believers at the time. Okay. Right. So. Well, his that, dad died when he was 16. Okay. That kind of threw him off. Okay. Too. Yeah, that too. Now, so yeah. you came to faith first, or not? Well, I think he did. I think he got saved when he was like 13 or yeah, something. Yeah, and, and I don't think I ever really lost my faith. Uh -huh. I just didn't. I drifted away. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, and and if, like she said, my dad, I think that really had a big effect on me. Okay. And so all of this time, you're as you're going through the military and stuff, it's there, but, but you're not really... Right. Uh, you know, embracing it, I guess, would be a good way to say it. and, and uh, Which is good because, like I said, my experience, in, in, when I first went on the ship, it was like there was a revival going on in that ship. It was the strangest thing. <laughs> uh, I mean, there were, there were the heathens, <laughs> but, but there were all these different groups. And, of course, now, uh, 19, I went on the ship in 1972, in the city of Pensacola, there was a Jesus revival going on. I mean, the Jesus movement had hit that city, like, and I guess it was affecting the the ship. And so, there was a lot of guys who were going to church. They were having prayer meetings and coffee houses and all this sort of thing. So that was my environment. But what was it like for you on the base? Was, was there other believers there that you knew? No, I really. No. I mean, you church church didn't really come up much at all. Where uh -huh. was that? No, okay, okay. didn't even. I don't even remember thinking about church. Yeah. Now, no, I didn't even but now, so when did the atheism thing leave you? Well, we uh, got, see, I was like uh, 31 years old, and uh, we got a, a foster daughter. Uh, our daughter was, uh, when she was like, Eight, eight, ten years old, eight years old. She was having a hard time getting along with the kids at school. Okay. She treated them. She didn't know act around other kids, being an okay. only child. And she was a foster daughter. No, Cassie. No, the, she's the, this, our, this, our daughter. Your, your, your actual biological and then, daughter. Yes. So then we decided that we would adopt. Okay. And that didn't happen right away, so we got into foster care. Okay. So when she was ten years old, we got our first foster daughter. All right. And so she was a challenge. Okay. It's hard to live with her. And I remember one day standing in the kitchen wondering if there's a God, if he could help me with this. Ah. And then I started hearing things about spiritual experiences people had, like seeing ghosts and different things. So I got to thinking, well, maybe there is a spirit world. And so I just th was getting more open to the idea of a spirit world. Okay. And then uh, Apostolic Church on Route 20 had a bus ministry. And they came around, and uh, so I got on the bus with them. I wanted to see where they were taking my daughter. Okay. So I got to visit the church, and it was very nice. They got, didn't get in my face and say, are you saved? Mm -hmm. I, I felt very comfortable there. 
So she continued to go with the bus, and uh, I I didn't go. And then my best friend Kathy was um, uh, blind from diabetes from childhood, and uh, she started getting kidney failure and having a lot of serious problems. And I thought, I wonder, I've been on Sunday nights, they do some good praying out there. Okay. So I took her and her mom, and we went there and started hearing testimonies. And I'm thinking, well, maybe this... God thing is for real, and uh, then on Easter Sunday in 1981, I um, I'm getting choked up. That's okay. We don't mind. <laughs> I saw a little boy praying in the spirit, and he didn't move for the longest time. I thought little boys don't do that. Little boys don't just stand still. He's uh-huh. worshiping God. And this is the real deal. So uh, this Jesus stuff must be for real. Wow. Wow. What a testimony. Mm-hmm. And so was that the day that yes. you, you came to the faith that day? On Easter Sunday. Okay. And what, before the preacher even preached a sermon? <laughs> I was, you know, near the end. Near the end. Part yeah. of it. During yeah. part of it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've had. He people. could look. He looked back. I was in the back row. Yeah. <laughs> he could look back there and see something happen. <laughs> no, I, I, I've had people come and get saved before they ever heard me preach. I go, wow. <laughs> so, so that was a big, big time in your life. That was a very important Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's been forty years. I've been a Christian forty, for 40 years. years now. Well, this Easter was wow. 40th anniversary. So your life changed after that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, uh, you came home and shared this with Tom? Mm-hmm. And how did that go? Well, he thought I was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tom, what's, what's your response to that? Well, I mean, she's talking about, I, I mean, it was a, a lot of the spirit-filled stuff that was going on, and I, I would never grown, I'd never really been part of that, so that just sounded kind of crazy uh-huh. to me, some of that. But anyhow. Um, but as you said earlier that you were in the Church of God, right? I, well, I was, but see, I was. you got to realize I was probably six or seven Okay, years old. very young. I don't yeah. really remember that. Right, right. I okay. do remember the Church of Christ, yeah. but uh, not the Church of God. Okay. So, so now your life is different. Mm-hmm. And, and so how did, how did you go about life after that? Well, I felt more comfort. Uh-huh. And when times were bad you know i had somebody to go to right that did anything my friend kathy died oh really yeah wow how much longer after that a couple years couple years years and then you also mentioned the the foster daughter that you're having a tough time did Mm -hmm. anything change there um well i had god to turn to (laughs) (laughs) sure okay so uh, she eventually got easier to live with Okay. And then so, uh, we had her for close to two years, and she went back to family. And you did eventually adopt children. Right. Uh, two? Mm-hmm. Two, two bo- boys. Two boys. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, how old are they now? They're, they're, they're grown men. They're, yeah. They're both they're they're 40 two boys. and 45 years old. Okay. Okay. Our daughter's 50. Okay. Yeah. And I met Cassie here just, just recently. Mm-hmm. Said, uh, but here's the thing is that God's obviously done a, a work in your life, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, uh, so you came home and told Tom, and he's got his doubts about it, but he's not—he's not discounting it. He just said, oh, "This is a little weird." So, what happened with you, brother Tom? Did 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 this have an influence in your life? Well, I mean, in the end, it did because Sue Sue started going to church, and and then I wasn't going for a while, but then I started going off and on, you know, for different things, and I got to meet some guys like I was talking right, about, right? The basketball and uh, and and realized, you know, I could have a lot of fun with a lot of guys there. 
just as much fun as, as more. And it's not saying that I don't hang out with people in the in the regular secular world. I do, mm-hmm. and I still enjoy them. But uh, it's just something special yeah. about being around Christians. You know. So, so you started going to church pretty regular after that. Oh yeah. And then, then eventually, Tom, as you said, started going with you mm-hmm. and such. Wow. So. Mm-hmm. One of the questions that I, I want to ask you before we take a little break here, I'm, I'm looking at the clock where our time's going by real fast here, but but during all this time, you've been married 52 years. Part of the time you were in church and you were believers, part of the times you were not. Did it change? Anything change after you came to faith? I mean, because you go, obviously you all had been faithful to each other and you still loved each other. and, mm-hmm. and uh, So anything change? <laughs> they're, they're, they're looking I, at you. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't put my hand okay. on anything like so that. So if, if you were going to say, okay, the reason why we stay together and our marriage has sustained, if you had a response to that, one or two words, what would you say? I mean, I mean, I know you say, well, we, we came to faith and that that changed, but but you all were, I mean, I, I, let me put it this During this whole interview, I've not heard you all at any point say, hey, we, we were having marital problems. You seem, seem to be pretty steady. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Yeah. Okay. Well, so what would you say? Um, is there a well, word to the... When we got married, we both felt like this was it for life. Uh-huh. It, this is it for life. Uh-huh. And so we learned uh, early on to forgive quickly. Ah. That's the secret. But it's so not you, fun being mad. But do you realize what you just said? I mean, we got a whole audience listening out here. And you're saying, hey, we got married for life. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, the, the scripture, the, the preacher used to say, till death do you part. Yes. And you were determined you were going to, you're going to, we're going to do this to the end, mm-hmm. no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. That is a tremendous statement. I don't know whether you realize that or not, because we don't seem to have that mindset so much in the day and age. And and I say, yes, I absolutely agree with you. Uh, you know, but it's it helps when you actually love the person you're married to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've, and I, I've made this statement before, but I said I would hate to have to wake up every morning next to somebody that I don't like. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm like you all, I'm very fortunate. I kind of like this young lady that I'm married to. <laughs> but, and it really does help. But I'm like you all. Well, we we were we were gonna we got toughest thing out if we have to. I, I was absolutely determined that I was gonna stay married to the same person until death do us part. Mm-hmm. Amen. Let me just tell the radio audience: this is the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> joining us here today, I get to do this every Sunday morning, and I enjoy it immensely. I've enjoyed my conversation here with uh, Tom and Sue Wages. We're going to get back to them in a moment. But you know me. If you listen every Sunday morning, you know Pastor King loves Southern Gospel. No, it was the blood. Harry's. I know it was the blood saving me. That's a Perry's, and this is the uh, Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host, and I'm also the pastor of Freedom Road Christian Ministry at 720 Capital Circle Northeast. We love visitors. Won't you come to worship with us today? We start at 1105. We're between Easterwood Drive and Park Avenue. If you're looking for us on the right-hand side of the road, you'll see our signs out there on Sunday morning. 
We'd love to see you come and bring the family. Also, if you would like to listen to this show again or share it with a friend, go to the podcast. Just type in Pastor Jack King, Tallahassee, and there'll be a bunch of shows, the daily broadcast and the talk show. This is show number 1075. You can also find the daily broadcast there. That's a daily teaching of the Word of God. You can also find it on uh, Monday through Friday here on 94.1 for the uh, Gospel on the Radio broadcast. And <laughs> Saturday night, 7 o'clock, for the Saturday night gospel sing. A full hour of the best music on the planet, I guarantee you. And tonight, over at the American Legion, 6.30, the first Sunday night of the month gospel sing. You'll enjoy it. And one of the folks who's going to be singing tonight, am I right, Miss Sue? Mm-hmm. It's Miss Sue Aegis. You can be playing a guitar and singing. And along with the uh, Thompsons, a family from over in uh, Mariana will be there. We'll have a good time. So that's your invitation to come out and be with us tonight. A lot of good folks there to meet on sun- at the first Sunday night of the month. American Legion on Lake Ella Drive. Now, as of today, the folks are listening all across the Big Bend area of Florida and South Georgia, listening on the Internet. They're listening to Tom and Sue Wages, folks who have been married for 52 years, come to faith, serve the Lord, and uh, Brother Tom is a lover of motorcycles, and so Miss Sue, this is the story I've heard, she decided to join him. <laughs> and what they call you, the Suzuki Sue? Right, Suzuki, <laughs> Cause you, intruder. Because you ride Suzukis. Mm-hmm. Okay. You ride BMWs? I do, yeah. And you got a big one. Well, 1,200. 1,200 TC. Now, and I have a BMW now, too. Oh, you do? Mm-hmm. A radio audience, I'm telling you. <laughs> Last year, they went all the way to Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> Tom in the front, Sue on the back. One <laughs> just, bike. We want one, one bike. bike. I'm just absolutely. And I just, I, all the time you all were gone, I'm just praying. I said, Lord, just those crazy kids, just watch. <laughs> well, two years ago, we rode up to Alaska. And Alaska on your motorcycle. Yeah. How, 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 in a day's time, how many hours will you be on that thing? About eight. Yeah, you're eight to ten. It depends. If you drive a lot, you could be 12 or 14, but. That's hard. That's hard riding. But, you know, you don't drive like that. I mean, if you do, you're only going to do it one day or something like that because it'll wear you out. And just, and I, I'm going to say this real lightly, they're not exactly young folks. Who told you that? Well, I mean, but you look great and you and you seem to be in pretty good health at uh, at your, your age. You're just a little bit older than me, not, not much. But I think this is incredible. So what brought you, you're involved in Christian uh, Motorcycle, is it? Motorcyclist Association, yeah. Okay. How long have you been involved in that? 20 Since years. 2000. Oh, really? Since okay. 2000. 21, 22 years. Now, now what brought you to, to join this association? Well, I, I worked with a lady who was a member of CMA. Okay. And she told me about it. And so we went to the meetings, and we've been with it ever since. Uh-huh. And now, were you riding motorcycles at that time? Yeah. Okay. Well, so we, you, just, of us we had were, just gotten yeah. back into riding. Okay. I, I rode, we rode, you know, for four, three or four years, five years when I was in the Navy. Uh-huh. And we had a little bike. That was our second set of wheels. You know, so. <laughs> a little Harley 125. But we oh, that's, yeah, that's a small one. So we, we, you know, you get away from it. You get involved in life, sure. doing all this stuff, earning a living, raising your kids. So we didn't ride for 20 years. Uh-huh. We got a bike. 
uh, okay. about 2000, he got 1990. Now, did both of you write on that 125? Well, different times. I mean, yeah. but together. I don't know. That, that's that's, much, a, that's no. a small bike, yeah. Not very right. much. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. learned to ride on it. Okay. Okay. So now when you decided to get back in the motorcycle riding, what did you buy? Oh, I, got, I got a Yamaha. A Yamaha. Virago, and and then that was really fun. Uh, and it turned out she started riding it. She ended up riding it more than I did, so I had to get her a bike. Uh, how, big was that, <laughs> how big was that one? Uh, 750. So that's a pretty good-sized bike now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then... Uh, and then uh, her problem was she had to have a blue bike. <laughs> okay. Uh, it had to be blue with a lot of shiny chrome. And uh, now, why blue? <laughs> My favorite color. <laughs> uh-huh. And he says that was a problem. but it, oh, No, well, it was no hard. I found one for me. I did, but it was, it took, you know, you don't find, most of them aren't blue. Oh, you don't find a whole lot so of you blue don't bikes. have a lot of choice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, so you decided to join CMA. CMA. And I guess there's a lot of good fellowship. Oh, here. there's amazing how it's amazing how God can use motorcycles for His kingdom. Well, tell me about it. It is amazing. Tell me about like, it. Like you go to a gas station, you're getting gas, and other people usually start the conversation. They will say, "Nice bike." Sure. And I say, "Oh, thanks. I'd probably be one of those." Yeah, <laughs> I'd probably come up and say, "Hey, I like that bike." There's a lot of divine appointments at the gas stations. Uh-huh. It's really cool. There's one time we were on a trip. We were going up north and. There's these two young girls at the gas pump, and I could tell they were needing more money. And so I asked God, what do you want me to say to her? And he says, tell her I love her. Uh-huh. Getting choked up. That's all right. So um, she came up and said, nice bike. And I said, thanks. And I said, I asked God what he wanted me to tell you. And he said to tell you that he loves you. Oh. And that really touched her. Uh-huh. It really did. I prayed for her, and I think she was really going to consider trying to do something different with her life. Uh-huh. Now, you you said she, she needed more. Do you find that she needed more gas? or She needed yeah. money to buy gas. Yeah, they, and, 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 they were asking different people for oh, a couple dollars okay. to help them so fill up the car, the gas. I got it. I got it. Okay. So that, but, but you were able to share the gospel. Yes. And share the love of Jesus, too. Yeah. That's a wonderful thing. And, and you're right. Uh, a nice bike or, or a classic car, like if you had, if you had a '57 Chevy now and you mm-hmm. pull up to a gas station, everybody would be <laughs> gathered around that car. Yeah. You're right; it, it does draw attention. And if you and if you use the opportunity right, then you can work the gospel in. So mm-hmm. now, do you have on your bike this or any kind of a uh, decal or anything that indicates Christian? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we usually have a patch on our back. Says we're Christian on your like your jacket or vest. So you have uh, attire. Yeah, we do. Right. All okay. All right. See me okay. attire. Yeah. All right. Now I've noticed, brother Tom. You a lot of times you're involved in events that right. uh, the Christian Motorcycles Association is doing. What What are those type of events that you do? Well, there's motor motorcycle rallies and, and say events over at the Harley shop or different things that they do for people, and we go over and help help people do that. And we wear our collars, and we set up a, a table and maybe talk to people that come by about joining and doing ministry with us and helping out or praying with people that need it. We bless a lot of bikes. A lot of people like to get their uh-huh. bikes blessed because really? it's dangerous out there, you know. Sure, and, sure. Uh, so so how, how do you go about blessing a bike? Well, you, for, you go up and you ask somebody, you know, if, if they'd like to get their bike blessed. And they, if they say, yeah, you know, usually you try to take two or three people and you go over. And what you do is you get them to participate, too. You say, all right, put your hand on your bike and we're going to 
say a prayer and ask Jesus to bless your bike. And then we, then we bless the bike. But usually I'll talk to them and right before we start, I'll say, is there anything, anything in your life, you know, that's any personal thing that you would, might want help with that God might be able to help you with that we can pray about right now. We'll put that in here too. Wow. And, uh, and it really, it's, it's we get that. It's, and it's amazing. You know, you can just see. It, it, it just really helps. I, I, yeah, I see this as a tremendous tool. I mean, oh, to, to be able to, to, you know, what, one of the, one of the things about it is, if you're know anything about the motorcycle groups and the people that are out there, there's not a lot of Christian. I mean, there's a lot of resistance to Christian input, uh, and mostly it's from people that have been hurt by in churches uh-huh. and been in been in it and then given up on it and don't want anything to do with it. So it's if you don't put some, you know, if we're not there, they get no influence at all, no right. input, and right. no chance to see it. And and it's uh, it's it's kind it's kind of it's something that really needs to be done. We all need to do that in different walks of life, sure. everywhere, not sure. just there. But that's one place we pick. Yeah, anytime you can find an opportunity to speak into someone's life, exactly, and to share the love of Christ, that's that's a positive thing. And if you're like me, I'm looking for those opportunities to be able to do that, to to be able to just speak a word. And sometimes just speaking a word is amazing how God can just take that word and just multiply it. Mm-hmm. And something, because you said something earlier, and I forgot what it was, Miss Sue, that happened in your life that somebody had just said something or done something. And the thing is, you're just out here, you got your motorcycles, you're having a good time, sowing some seed, just sowing the seed. <laughs> when we ask, like I've done it before, I mean, you got to step out of your comfort zone. I so I've, by myself, I've walked up to a big burly biker <laughs> and uh, said, Would you like me to bless your bike? Uh huh. And they, um, 99% of the time, they say yes. But uh, nobody would be intimidated by you. <laughs> Tom? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but no, nobody would be intimidated by you. they say, oh, this sweet little lady. We're going to let her pray for this bike. I, I just think it's a, it's a tremendous thing. So right now, in, in your stage of life, you're both retired, mm-hmm. and uh, you're you're involved in the bike association. You're you're helping us out at Freedom Road doing the the music for us. And of course, uh, not only that, you've, you're just pitching in, in a lot of ways. It's been a blessing to the church, and it's just an opportunity to serve the Lord in whatever capacity. Now, let me just tell the the radio audience, Miss Sue is. Her music is a little country. Am, mm-hmm. am, am I right? Mm-hmm. It's just a little, little bit of country style. But it's cool. <laughs> and so, like she, she leads us on, on Sunday morning in worship, and she always gets us kind of going a little bit, and then she'll lead us in just a, a sweet time of worship before our prayer time. And so I'm just telling you that. You may want to come worship with us. And uh, uh, I'm kind of a um, – uh, I consider myself to be a, a word preacher. I, I like the word, and I, and I try to teach the congregation something every Sunday. So that's kind of your combination. You come, you're going to get the word. You're going to get the word and song. You're going to enjoy Miss Sue as she leads us in worship. So just an invitation to you. 1105frcm.us is our website. Come worship with us at Freedom Road. So so besides uh, Christian Motorcycle Association, music, what else do you do? 
they're, they're just looking at each other so you just drew blank <laughs> well you know right right now we're you know we got we're, we're getting older and it's, <laughs> we're slowing down a little bit lately we've been just getting some things down or done around the house has been put off for a long time mm-hmm. I know sue's, about mom, that too. sue's mom is now 96 and the last few years she's really been not going downhill but losing losing some of her ability she's mm-hmm. almost blind now and uh and and she's she was having a lot of trouble remembering stuff too there for quite a while. Mm-hmm. She still does has a hard time remembering. Her. She takes uh, but at ninety six we can. So do we're it. doing we're doing a lot of babysitting there too, and uh, try. I, I had a big issue with trying to get her television because uh-huh. you can't do television anymore. Like you know, she couldn't see the remote to see what buttons she was pushing. Uh-huh. So how do you change channels on the TV? <laughs> You think about it. Yeah. It's hard. Well, it turns out that uh, I found out that Xfinity, you can, if you get Xfinity, you can get a remote that's got a little button you push, and, and it just tell it what you want to watch, and it put it on. There you go. Now, I'll tell you what. that that's, yeah. it, It's amazing, because I worked real hard on that. That took me a couple of months, didn't it, to mm-hmm. finally get some kind of TV where she could actually use it. But you're, you, but you're a good son-in-law, though. I was over, I was over there a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, we're down to the time to pray. But let me just say that uh, 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 Miss Sue's mother, she's a delightful woman, and she's in our prayers because of her health and a lot of other things. And that God would increase her faith as, as we all want our faith to be increased. Father God, I thank you so much for this high time that we've had together here. Lord, I pray it'll be a blessing. We pray, God, for Tom and Sue and Miss Ellen, that you just bless them, Father God. And Lord, we just pray over this radio audience that God, that you'd bless them and their families. Lord, we pray for peace around the world. And we pray for peace in the city of Jerusalem and the nation of Israel. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all so much for coming and spending some time with us here on the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. Until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.